welcome to The Bookmonger. I'm John J. Miller of National Review. Thanks for listening. This show is a production of National Review and recording from the studio WRFH, the campus radio station of Hillsdale College. Our guest is Ben Wildovsky, author of The Career Arts, Making the Most of College, Credentials, and Connections. Ben, welcome to The Bookmonger. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, John. I've heard of the liberal arts, Ben, but what are the career arts? <laughs> well, it's a great question. I could have called this book the liberal arts, you know, or I could have talked about that. And I do write about that in the book. I'm a big fan of the liberal arts. You know, I was a back in ancient history. I was a comparative literature major in college. But I really was trying to capture what I think people are trying to get out of college, which is there is understandably a lot of interest in the practical outcomes in being able to make a living, being able to follow if you're able to find a vocation, you know, so much the better. And I think people are interested in the long-term results of their education. And so that's where I came up with the idea of the career arts. So what are the career arts? Exactly what does that mean? Really, it has to do with the idea that there has been, I think, sort of a false dichotomy in people's thinking about college. You know, there's a lot of skepticism about college. Is it really worthwhile? Uh, in my view, the evidence really still shows that it has a lot of value. But people tend to get hung up on this idea that, there is college, this kind of ivory tower, obscure stuff, or there is something that's really practical. You know, the old the old idea, if you remember the presidential debate, you know, the philosopher versus the welder. Do we have too many philosophers and not enough welders? And I think that that's a fundamental misconception of the value of college. I think that we need to have a combination of broad education and targeted skills with the, the third factor I write about is social capital, the idea that building networks is also really important. So the career arts is really a combination of all of those things. It's about, yes, I do think there's still a lot of value in college, but if you're not going to go to college, I think you need to think carefully about how to be purposeful about building your education, building your targeted skills, and building your networks. So what is the economic value of a college education? Is it even possible to, to measure? And, and what does the evidence tell us? Well, you know, I do think it's possible to measure it. Too. There's a whole lot of economists, you know, who have been looking at this for many years. And, you know, the bottom line is that there has been, you know, for the past century, a real emphasis in the economy on rewarding more education and skills in economic terms. It's what economists call you know, human capital. So at this point, the, uh, the average wages of a college graduate are about 75% higher than the average wages of somebody who has only a high school diploma. Now, of course, those are averages. There's lots of variation depending on what you study. And of course, we have a big problem with a lot of people who go to college and don't complete. So it's not that college is perfect, but if you're able to go to college and find the right kind of program, and if you're able to make it through to graduation, on average, you're going to do much better than somebody who only finishes high school. There are lots of alternatives today to the traditional four-year residential college. There's there's online learning. There are community colleges. There are, there are trade schools. There's also the idea, as you say, no college at all. Don't go to college. Just be a welder. There are all kinds of of alternatives, how do they work into your vision of the career arts? Well, I, I'm mostly trying to get people to think about combining different kinds of credentials, depending on what's going to work for them, what's going to fit into their lives, but above all, not to abandon 
the idea of post-secondary education entirely. So yeah, community college is a very popular choice. It's, I think it can be a great choice for some people. You know, maybe something like 30, 35% of all undergraduates are at community colleges. So that's a great option. You know, the challenge is a lot of people go into community college planning to transfer to four-year schools. And for one reason or another, life gets in the way, they don't end up doing that. So I think the challenge is to sort of stay on track. If you're going to do something like a short-term credential, I think that that can be a perfectly good way to get started. You know, people always talk about computer coding, but it could also be in something like nursing. It could also be in finance. It could be in graphic design. But what I think we need to think about is how to create more opportunities to build up those short-term credentials over time. Maybe people do them while they're working. Maybe they're older and they've got kids. They've got other responsibilities. But I think there is this kind of wonky term called stackable credentials but I think it has a lot of potential where people do short-term credentials. They're less expensive. They might help them get a raise. They might help them get promoted. But over time, you want to be able to combine those credentials into maybe an associate degree or into a bachelor's degree so that you can enjoy some of the advantages that tend to come with those broader degrees. That'll make sense. And yet you say there's a lot of skepticism today about the value of higher education. And it's true. I looked up a poll from Gallup from last summer, summer of 2023, and it showed that Americans' confidence in higher education has dropped to 36%. In other words, only 36% of Americans have a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in higher education. And that's down from 48% in 2018 and 57% in 2015. That's a big drop in less than a decade. Ben, what explains this? I wish I could tell you the exact answer because I feel like there's a big disconnect between the level of skepticism that you've just documented through some of those Gallup results and the actual evidence, which is the earnings differential that I mentioned before, you know, the 75% average waging premium for college graduates is real. We actually have in this country Uh, about a record number of Americans now have four-year degrees. It's about 37, 38%. If you add people with two-year associate degrees, that's another 10 percentage points. So it's a lot of people with degrees. The wage premium is close to an all-time high, but people are really worried about value. And I think it's partly going back to this idea of the, the career arts. You know, people are really interested in job satisfaction and financial success over the long term in a changing economy. And I think that because of rising tuition, because of rising student debt, and because of a lot of issues that aren't really about the economy, but the culture wars and a lot of the the concern about what's happening on campus has led people to withdraw. And frankly, it's not just that they're telling pollsters this, there's fewer people going. There's an 8% uh, 8 drop in college enrollment nationally uh, in just three years between 2019 and 2022. So, I consider this a big problem because one of the big lessons, like I mentioned, of the last hundred years is that going to uh, going to some kind of education after high school is increasingly needed for the jobs of the future. This is a message from our friends at American Habits from the State Policy Network. We the people. Do you ever think about what that means and what happened to it? We the people certainly did not mean an imperial city full of unelected bureaucrats deciding everything from kindergarten curricula to nursing home funding formulas. We the people mean self-government, a free people deciding most things in their families and communities and delegating some authority to their towns and states 
while passing along just a small amount of that power to the national government. How did things get so upside down at American Habits? We tell stories of real people with real solutions, all working to restore federalism and self-government. If you're a public official, come get involved. If you're a citizen, come and see the new standard for American leadership. No matter who you are, come help us renew the forgotten but not lost habit of American self-government. Visit AmericanHabits.org to learn more. That's AmericanHabits.org. In your book, The Career Arts, at the end, you list eight particular career arts. The eighth is this, prepare for the world as it is, not as you wish it were. What does that mean? Partly what I have in mind is, you know, you probably know there has been a real enthusiasm, you might even call it a kind of fashion, for saying we should hire based on skills rather than focus so much on degrees. A lot of governors and state legislatures have dropped degree requirements for state jobs. A lot of corporations have done the same thing. In Silicon Valley, you'll periodically see these announcements about how, you know, no degree is required anymore for all these big companies. But it turns out a lot of that is more uh, wishful thinking than reality. You know, LinkedIn did a big study just a couple of months ago, and they looked in uh, in sectors like technology, information, the media industry. Um, in just the past three years, from 2019 to 2022, there was a 240% faster growth rate in job postings without professional degree requirements. So that sounds like, okay, we're in this brave new world. But actually, they also looked at real hires of individuals without college degrees, and those grew just 3%. So yes, you did hear that correctly, 240% versus 3%. And that's why I say prepare for the world as it is, not as you wish it were. You know, there are a lot of advocates who are saying, we've got to get stop being so hung up on degree requirements. Um, and look, I'm not. it's not that I think that the... The actual government requirements are that important. You know, maybe people may need flexibility in a tight job market. But the fact is, the wage premium exists because degrees really do convey some value. And I think that we're doing a disservice to young people telling them to prepare for this world that is not the real world they're facing. What practical advice do you have for parents and and young people, maybe high school students thinking about college? Uh, How should they pick where to go? How should they choose a school and a major? Gosh, well, look, that's a that's a that's probably a long discussion, John. But I think that what I would say is, look, I would, I, back in the back years ago, I was the editor of the U.S. News and World Report College Guides, you know, the famous or infamous rankings and all that. So I have a lot of thoughts about this, but I think that it, there is nothing to be ashamed of in saying you're going to college to get a better job or develop skills that are going to help you in life. I think that's absolutely fine. And that does not mean compromising the academic mission of universities. It means thinking about the outcomes you're trying to get, which is this this combination I've mentioned, the, the broad education, the targeted skills, and also the networks, the social capital. And I think that people have to recognize that college is not one size fits all. You don't have to go off to a small town and, and, and you know, study Thucydides and, and, and have seminars. Nothing wrong with that. Some people love that. But you might be going off and doing what a lot of students do, which is studying business or nursing or economics or computer science. But you're also going to be developing some writing skills, some analytical skills, some critical thinking skills. And you have to think about navigating your career over the long term. One more question. You you mentioned at the top of the show that you were a comp lit major. Ben, what's the case for the liberal arts in this in this world of the career arts and needing to make the most of college and credentials and connections? What's what's an old fashioned case for the liberal arts? 
Well, I would say I absolutely, at least I tried to encompass that case in the career arts. The the career arts is not a rejection of the liberal arts. It's really just trying to say the liberal arts are part of a, a broader picture where you know, people do have these practical concerns about their careers. But I'm a huge fan of the liberal arts. And people like David Deming, the economist at Harvard, have shown that liberal arts majors, even though they don't get the same kinds of starting salaries as STEM majors, by the time it's 20 or 30 years down the road, they tend to catch up. So, you know, I think that the the case for whether it's comparative lit or, you know, lots of other subjects that don't have immediate practical value, I think that you're going to develop some of those tools. The You know, it's it's kind of a, a, a bit of a cliche, but the critical thinking skills, the ability to analyze, to understand, to synthesize information, to communicate, to work with other people. Those are all things that are going to really help you as we all live longer. We all have more jobs. We all have, you know, different kinds of career paths. I think you want to have as much navigation uh, ability as you can get. The author is Ben Woldovsky. The book is The Career Arts, Making the Most of College Credentials and Connections. Ben, thanks for joining us on The Bookmonger. Thanks for having me, John. Thanks to all of you for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please take a minute to leave a review. Your reviews help new listeners discover us, and that helps us keep this show going. We'll be back next week with a new episode of The Bookmonger.